You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abuta. This is Murps. Hello. It's been a while. Um, glad to get back doing it right for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We definitely didn't restart this before. This is the first take. First take of the Return of the Life Forge podcast. So we've been gone for two weeks, and these are the first two weeks we've missed since we started the Life Forge like six years ago. Uh, and uh, we were in Vegas having a great time, and then uh, last week, Murps, I think, was in New York? I was in New York. Uh, we brought Natasha's niece and her niece's friend to New York to just see it. Uh, that was a pretty fun experience, but now we're back with yeah. Mercenaries, yay. Mercenaries. So we'll talk about uh, the Vegas trip uh, at the end of the podcast, but first let's talk about the big exciting thing that's happened in the two weeks we were gone, which is Mercenaries. It dropped um, pretty much the week right after we uh, right after we skipped our first one that, that weekend. I think it dropped on the 12th. Uh, and so we've had two weeks now almost in Mercenaries, and it has already been hotfixed once. So I've been playing a decent amount of Mercenaries, um, and I, like just first right off the bat, I, I really enjoy it. Is it the best game in the world? No. It is clearly not the best game in the world, and more than that, Blizzard clearly didn't intend for it to be the best game in the world. Like, there's no way anybody looked at this game coming out and they're releasing it, and they're like, oh yeah. This is what's gonna, like, you know, sell. Like, that's not what the game is about. The game is, like... It's kind of a chill game with a large single-player element and then a smaller PvP element. And uh, it's it's meant as a gold sink. Like, that's the actual purpose of Mercenaries. And I think that's a, a big thing. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it more. Um, but... It, uh, it, it it definitely serves a role, I think, in the whole Hearthstone economy. And, uh, and I've been having fun with it. I've been dumping probably on average like two two hours uh, a day into it since it came out. Maybe more, actually. That's a Perhaps lot, you, man. You, you have an interesting expression on your face. That's a lot of time. You seem to really enjoy this mode. All right. Uh, y- you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be that, that surprised. But, um, okay, so w- w- what are we going to talk about first with Mercenaries? Yeah, I, I mean, so are you, have you, you've definitely watched people play at least, right? Like, have you jumped in I finished the tutorial and, and I played uh-huh. a little bit past that, like an hour and a half past the tutorial. Okay, that's a, that's a decent amount that's of time. That's a decent amount of time, tutorial. yeah. Okay, uh, and what are your initial thoughts on it? I hate it. <laughs> uh, you love Pokemon. What's what's uh, what, what's the difference? So at, at this stage, look, at this early like you know stage. Look, uh, this is something which I discuss with many people, and uh, Slissa pointed this out. She made fun of me as well. She's like, "Dude, you play Pokemon. Um, it's nothing like Pokemon. First of all, in terms of the journey to get there, right? Because part of the leveling up process, like, oh, there's like a nice." story about like uh feeling good and like collecting pokemon and saving the world okay there's i I have watched mercenaries there's none of that first of all so the story isn't there second of all there also is a reason i do not play competitive end game pokemon like i don't i don't do that stuff um and that's what this tries to emulate uh in, in a pretty close way like uh in combat the fact that you queue up all your moves the opponent queues up all of their moves, 
uh, speed is determined by, you know, like a set of rules, right? Like that you know of. In Pokemon, it's based mm-hmm. on the base speed plus the priority of the moves itself. And here it's just based on like the priority of the moves themselves, right? Like the, the speed of the actual moves. Uh, people have pass or mercenaries have passive abilities, Pokemon have passive abilities. They get different attacks. It's very much so like Pokemon, but there is also a reason I don't do competitive Pokemon battling. Um, does it require strategy for both? Uh, yes, like uh, quite a bit of strategy, but it's just not the strategy that I want to be tested on. Mm, okay, I'm going to come out with the exact opposite take of why Merc's PvP sucks at the highest level, which is that, one, it does not require a lot of strategy. This is... Well, well, well I actually wanted to begin this with Merc's, uh, with Merc's, with Merc's PvE, but let's let's go. Let's just jump right into the PvP, right? Because this is a kind of a competitive podcast. We are competitive arena players. Uh, Murps and I used to be competitive battleground players, sort of. Um, I, I would like to bring up again that I was top two hundred uh, when when I tried, and uh, I was uh, you know back in the day, back in classic, uh, I was a top constructed player on uh, not not top, uh, but I was at least I was at least in the top two hundred in legend. Uh, like back when that meant something, okay? So in NA, so we've we've, we've been there on all this whole Hearthstone journey of all these types of games, and different games hold our interest for different amount of times. Arena probably the longest um, so far, and, and there's a reason for that. It's because at its core, at least me, I am a limited format player. I need that randomness. I need that adjustment to new situation thing. Even when I'm playing like a single player game, like like Hades, that is a game with a lot of random elements being thrown at you every single run. And you're doing different builds, you're meeting different monsters, you're doing different rooms, your choices have like, uh, your choices matter, but RNG can totally screw you. Like, there's just a lot of new and interesting things happening all the time with limited format games, with roguelikes, right? And they structured mercenaries in the PvE sense as if it were a roguelike. But 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 it's not. It's like they took the roguelike elements and they minimized it until it's only 10 to 20% of the game. Whereas for like a strict roguelike, it's like nearly 100% of the game. And even for roguelikes, like for Hades, the roguelike elements are probably still like I don't know, like in the end game, they're like at least like 30% of the game, if not half. Here, it, it, it's like 10% with the, at the very end game, the roguelike elements of PvE. And more problematic is the PvP, pro- oh, and I say problematic, I don't mean like objectively terrible, I kind of mean objectively terrible. Um, but I, I also, more importantly, just mean that there's no variety. There's no adjusting to situations. Mercenaries PvP in the endgame is more constructed than constructed Hearthstone. There is no RNG except for coin flips between you and your opponent when you both choose an ability of the same speed. Then then it coin flips to determine which one triggers first. That is the only RNG in the entire freaking damn game in PvP. You get to select what comes out. Your opponent gets to select what comes out. You get to select your team from the beginning. Your opponent gets to select their team from the beginning. You have almost no information about their team. They have almost no information about your team. And before you queue up, it's like what deck you bring in, right? After you brought in the decks, you select your starters, 
the actual strategy from that point forward, because you're facing essentially a deck that you've seen a million times before, because even in this early stage, there are only so many like competitively viable... In fact, this stage is probably worse. There's only so many competitively viable uh, decks, and all of them have like Karen and Diablo, because they're freaking busted on your, t on, on your B team, right? On your team that jumps out. Because the game was just not designed very well uh, over a competitive matter. And I'll get to that later on why that's the, 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 of why that's the case. Let's focus on even with perfect game design, right? Even if we gave Blizzard, like, the benefit of the doubt three years later, they're not allowed to add new features, but they can balance this game however long it takes in alpha, beta, delta, tested, whatever, right? It will still be... A extremely extremely easy to figure out and every top player will know all the moves game at the very top because inside of the game after you get matched up with a player and you already have your decks locked there are only wrong moves and those wrong moves will be made 0.0001% of the time by good players so the skill ceiling like the actual ceiling of which you cannot raise your skill for the in-game part of the uh, mercenaries is extremely low. So when you're talking about like right now, uh, Team America, PJ, uh, one of our one of our friends on the streams that we play Fall Guys together a lot on Team Four Tails, he's number one by a long shot right now in Mercs, and like he's been number one in duels for God knows how long, and we're just all so glad he's no longer playing duels and he's found a new thing to do, and his stream is doing really well, and we're all really happy for him, and you know he's obviously a, a very good player, super smart, like does a lot of work, grinds a ton, and all that, but. The skill that he's applying to keep number one is, one, he grinded more than the vast majority of players in the beginning of Mercs. And you, you, you kind of get that edge in the beginning, and it takes people to catch up on the actual building your team part. But even beyond that, a, a very large part of his skill is in the meta. And I don't mean, oh, he can very like quickly judge where the meta winds are shifting and how the meta is going the way you might try to do in Constructed. I'm talking about he figures out who is playing at the time that he can possibly be matched up with or like the two players that are playing at that time and then he makes sure that he's counterpicking their decks or they're counterpicking his decks by like little tweaks, right? Because uh, there's, again, this is a horribly unbalanced game right now. The game hasn't even gone through its first balancing phase yet uh, uh, externally. But it's entirely the meta game that he is playing. Inside the actual game past like i don't know day three all the top players are playing at the same identical level because the game is not that deep and there cannot possibly make the game deeper without adding new pvp features and rules so and, and, and to be honest they may really go in that way but just the way the game is structured right competitive pokemon it is not an in-game skill-based game. It is entirely a meta game, And that's exactly what I don't want, right? Like, I don't have fun playing Constructed because I know all the decks I'm going to face. I know my moves. I know their moves. And it usually just ends up being, like, who has the percentages correct? Well, Mercenaries drops all the percentage analysis to obvious ones because you know their entire hand, essentially, and they know your entire hand. There's zero RNG in draw order, and you're just kind of going through the motions. Um, so generally at the time that you, you see who you're matched up with, you can think, oh, they may make a terrible mistake, which as a top player, they won't, or 
maybe you're closely matched up and you need to like win a coin flip. But other than that, you kind of just go through the motions from that point on. And that's not exciting for me. Like, as an arena player, as a limited player, as a roguelike player, this is the opposite of what I'm interested in, right? So, when Merp says, like, oh, you know, Merc's, like Mercenaries requires like some skill, just not what I'm interested in, I don't, I, I don't even give it that. Mercenaries inside the game for PvP requires very little skill if you're talking about the top level. It requires, like, the ceiling is extremely low, and all good players, like, we're talking about, all, all of us are, like, top 1% players, like, easily. Um, and the skill cap is probably down at, like, 15%. So the top 15% of players, which is, I don't know, if you're talking arena, the top 15% of players are probably players who can average 5 wins in arena. That's where the skill ends. And it becomes pure, like, like purely metagaming. And the farther up you go, the more metagaming it becomes. So, that's mercenaries. And it is not going to get, quote-unquote, better than that. That's the game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing will be to try to get PJ's perspective in terms of, is there something we're missing here? I, I, I don't mm. I don't know. Like, may, maybe, perhaps there is. Um, I don't really think so. I, I tend I mean, to give mercenaries Pokemon, a bit right? more credit. Is there, than, is, does Pokemon have more than that? Much more. Pokemon is incredibly deep, super duper hard. But part of the reason is because there's a, there's so much more to tweak. You know what I mean? What What do you mean by tweaking? Okay, first of all, there's there's a lot more Pokemon that are viable. Um, there's a lot. Okay, but but that involves what you're bringing in. You're right, right, right. Once you're okay. in the game, is there anything more? Than yes. That? I'm okay. just talking about it being in the game, right? In the meta, the meta game is always endlessly complicated. Right. right. Then... Well, uh, okay. So there are uh, more passives that are. Uh, that affect more... Th- it, it, God, it's really hard for me to say without, like, telling you, like, what it is. Um, there are moves that persist, kind of, like, throughout the entire, kind of, field. Um, mm-hmm. There are strategic switches, more synergistic combos in Pokemon, um, more ways to predict and outplay your opponents than here, from what I see. Like, I actually know a lot about competitive Pokemon. I'm not going to pretend like I know so much about mercenaries other than what i've seen uh from various streamers um but Mm. i can tell you competitive pokemon uh more so than just like okay you're saying you bring bring if i bring deck a in Mm -hmm. and you bring deck b in or like lineup b right with the same items and whatever i bring lineup a and we play the game like 10 times that it would play 10 times in very different ways yeah, it would play out in very different ways. Um, and it's not just that I'm doing like a rock, paper, scissors or keynote with you. No, no. I, I, You know, you could certainly bring like a very cheesy lineup that just depends on one Pokemon or, or, or whatever. Um, and I can try to kind of like um, uh, kind of interrupt your, your combo in, in certain mm-hmm. ways. Um, but no, the games will play out very, very differently. Um, because uh, it'll be a, a mind game situation in which you have a lot of options and you're going to try a lot of different things. Um, right, and- but is the mind game just Kino or Rock, Paper, Scissors? No, no. Um, you're actually going to try to do different things. W- once again, I can't tell you a kind of like 
about how strategic like a certain substitute at this you know at this turn is or the fact that you know like you're predicting that they're going to do this and then so you switch into your ghost type to kind of block their rapid spin and that's just more than just like kind of preventing damage i it, like i would have to go into really specifics but i th i think it's fair for anyone who has seen mercenaries and who understands competitive pokemon like at the vgc level because i actually watch mm -hmm. like vgc i watch all of that kind of stuff um and, and it's not a huge surprise right pokemon has had how many years like 20 plus years to refine what the competitive scene is and there's there's a reason you're, you're that about like pokemon the game or pokemon the card game no no, no. pokemon the game 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 really yeah so you're, you're telling me that if you're if i'm looking at like the top five percent of people who play pokemon the game competitively mm -hmm. you're saying the person at the bottom of that five percent is significantly less skilled than the person at the top of that five percent yeah um so part of uh if you are interested in competitive pokemon battling right um there are many names that throughout the years like they keep winning like they keep keep winning um such to a degree that it's like is it just because they have grinded um well i mean you know there are some grinding well, but involved, they could but keep winning because of the metagame right they could be good at the metagame i mean they also are but they are also just good at making the plays necessary and you you, you can see it okay. you can tell okay um so yeah there's enough complexity within pokemon between the items and the lineup changes within the yep. game they, they give you, you so many creating, mm -hmm. yeah they give right, you opportunities actually creating okay so, also okay, there are much the more end. opportunities to as you say make a mistake like there's a right. wide range right. of of moves for you to kind of like flex and assert your creativity and 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 that kind of like right, prediction right. and there are also ways okay. in which like for you to really mess up so there's a vast chasm for you to fall into um okay so yeah. it's just a really complicated game it's just a really complicated game like a super duper like, complicated game like at the end if you guys don't want to talk about kino is um like rock paper scissors but weighted so like if you win as rock you get 30 points if you win as paper you get 20 points if you win as scissors you get 10 points that's the beginning of almost all like you know these kinds of like game design so like think like a fighting game right like you may have a circle of what move counters what but some is go some are going to do like so much more damage or it's just a better move and so that's your primary movement so you get more for doing that but then you counter it and then the other person predicts the counter but in the end it's still a game of rock paper scissors it's just a weighted rock paper scissors that's why i keep bringing up kina so at I, I, I don't know much about competitive Pokemon, like the game, but I think logically, I cannot think of it as escaping Kino. It's just an extremely complicated Kino game at its best. Because you have perfect information and you're facing the same opponents, like the same lineups over and over again. But you're not. Well, you're not facing the same lineups over and over again. Everybody has their own lineup. Yeah, everyone... What, in Pokemon? You get to choose what yeah. Pokemon you bring. Right, but people don't bring the same Pokemon? There's no. Not, like, just, like, the good competitive Pokemons, and there's, like, a couple sets of Pokemon. There's, like, a group of them. But, like, okay, one famous example is, um... Uh, like... Eh, 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 so, I mean, the most famous ex example, and I see it even typed in chat, someone brought in Pachirisu, which is like a Pokemon kind of 
clone and uh people thought that it was not meta at all so like there's huge money prizes in pokemon right there's huge money prizes mm-hmm. in pokemon um eh, eh, and okay, uh, i'm not talking about the person play. that brings in the weird homebrew deck and then wins the thing right? yeah like i'm talking about you're, you're you're saying that there's like a really large amount of variety there's actually a large amount of variety of yeah okay so like, let's if say I google pokemon tier list i won't actually get a tier list of like six pokemon with the items no, you or will get, get a tier list that has no, no, no. What they do is they have uh, groupings: overused Pokemon, underused Pokemon. Okay, and... but I won't get a whole lineup. I won't get like very specific lineups with items that you nope. bring. Nope. Oh, okay. You can okay. like you, you cannot. I nope. So I, I okay. will say you can enter it. a I tournament, and these are people that exactly know what they're doing, yep. right? Okay. You go from that one... makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There's so going to be major because, differences between the lineups. Yeah, so because you're facing, essentially, they've created so much variety in the game and so much viable comps and viable like, tweaks to the same main comps that you're essentially facing, they've made the PvP arena into a way that you're essentially recreating the roguelike environment. Yeah, Where you're yeah, facing you are. someone different and you have to adjust oftentimes on the spot because the variety has become so large, right? Yeah. Okay, I can see that. So in that case, that 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 does escape kind of like you know because you don't have the exact path and, and also okay. So right now, when you see a Diablo, you know everything that the Diablo can do, right? Yes. When you see oh, the Cairn, because you could train your Pokemon different, you give tr- them new moves and stuff. You give Got them new it. moves. They they do different things, and especially some po- so some Pokemon you see them and you're like, well, it can't do anything different. Because right. if they did anything different, it would be really it dumb, be super right? Dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other ones are more flexible. And even yeah. the ones that are like super dumb for them to do something different in terms of their goal, one of their four moves may be different as a counter, right? Okay. So, uh, but, but then you have the Pokemon who they come out, you're like, I have no idea. Like the goal of this Pokemon could be very, very different. And... Um, I just, I okay. just don't know right now. So they've created a lot of uh, variety in in the intri- in like they basically created a much larger set of options than what Mercenaries is even trying to do. Yes, which and makes sense. It's twenty years. That, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, they also um, hide more information than Mercenaries does. Um, yes, they hide a lot of information, and it's up to you to guess it. Okay. Yeah, um, and, and that only like hiding information only makes sense once you have information to hide, right? Like. Mercenaries hides information too, but like you don't know what the other three mercenaries are that your uh, opponent brings. But but you know what the other three mercenaries are. It's like in, in, uh, in, in constructed, right? Like I don't know what cards they have that they haven't played yet, but I know what cards they have that they haven't played yet. I just don't know which ones happen to be in their hand because they don't control that. Um, okay, so getting off of Pokemon, that's a game then that escapes a pure Kino. Mercenaries doesn't do that. Mercenaries doesn't come close to doing that. So like yeah maybe uh, we'll, we'll like uh, we'll we'll try to get uh we'll try to get PJ uh on on the life force to talk, to talk mercenaries um and, and maybe he'll challenge this but I suspect not because the game is really not that complicated um but uh zooming doesn't escape Kino what you end up with is a bunch of comps and this is the stage in which the comps aren't even like fully defined yet um but there's just so few options that there's only a few ways you can go. And uh, the, the metagame will, will keep evolving. I'm not saying it won't. But once you get into the game between your deck and your opponent's deck that you more or less already know, the series of moves that you make is now just you playing rock, paper, scissors with your opponent. Uh, on weighted odds, obviously, based on what deck you bring. That's the case with almost all competitive games, uh, that the odds are weighted. But you're, you're them just playing rock, paper, scissors. You are not 
outsmarting your opponents, except in the same way that you would outsmart your opponents in rock, paper, scissors, or a keno rather, right? Not exact rock, paper, scissors, weighted rock, paper, scissors. So if that's the kind of game that excites you and can keep you playing like endlessly, um, then there is certainly uh, room for Merck's PvP. Merck's PvP breaks it down uh, to, to, so that that is the only element of skill once you're in the game. It's, it's Kino. And um, the effects of it is actually quite strong. Um, like, you, you, you can win and lose in Merck's against an opponent based on how good you are at Rock, Paper, Scissors. Based on you know, what you're predicting versus what they're predicting, even within the game. And of course, in the meta game, everyone can counterpick, right? So if you're good at that and you're interested in that, and you get to the very top and you know who you're most likely to be facing against, the meta game also becomes extremely important and possibly very like odd compared to what everyone else thinks is the meta. So there's going to be three zones in PvP Mercs that develops. There's going to be the very top where where players like Team America, like PJ, are, in which it is nearly purely the metagame with a in-game side of rock paper scissors and then there's the middle of the game well i'm gonna call it the middle of the game it's really for people who are actually at the top at the top 15 percent top 10 percent top five percent top one percent uh these are the people who are actually playing the meta um and and when i say playing the meta i mean using the exact comps in the meta with the relevant upgrades i'm not talking about like uh, I play the low levels right now uh, in PvP, um, and I see similar things to what would be a meta comp quite frequently, if not the majority of times when I'm faced against a human player. I, I see people who know what they're doing roughly, right? But they don't really know what they're doing. They're, they're making weird moves. Their comp is not complete because they don't have the right pieces. You know, some things are not upgraded as much as they should be, like... You're dealing with a lot of imperfect stuff, right? And that's the same as, like, in Hearthstone, when you're on the, like, low levels. You have just people with incomplete decks, and that's that's going to happen. So, the very top of the game is metagame. It's going to end up as a metagame. The middle of the game is going to have a quote-unquote meta, much like a constructed meta, uh, that that you, you've come to know and love. And there are going to be tiers, and then there's going to be, you know, people coming in with homebrews. And it's going to be potentially interesting, if you like this kind of game. Uh, and the bottom of the game is going to be, you can make almost whatever work. Like, as long as your stuff synergizes. You can do anything the developers have put into the game with the word synergy, like, vaguely hanging out, right? Like, you can make holy work, shadow, obviously the top ones, like, nature, or, like, speed, or, like, the Samoro combo. Like, you can make anything work that you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm getting synergy by putting these two or three mercs together. Um, and that's where... I think Blizzard is focused on. Like, I run through this whole PvP thing, not not just to, to shit on the top, because, I don't know, some people like that kind of game, but more so to highlight where Blizzard has so far focused their attention. I think Blizzard is quite satisfied, based on the game design, to let the top of the PvP be a metagame plus rock, paper, scissors. I don't think they have any ambitions at this point for this game to be anything more than that. I don't think they care about PJ and people around the top, like, 100 players, right, who are just facing each other. It's not even the top 100. I bet the top, like, few hundred are just facing the same people because um, they're all spread out in different regions and whatever, right? I don't think they care 
to make that a deeper game. And I think the middle of the game, they're just going to let people do what they do and kind of like let nature take its place, right? And a metagame will form. And all Blizzard needs to do is to make sure there's no dominant play. Like there's no one dominant play that has no counterplays. Because they're quite happy with a metagame in the micro scale, in a player-to-player -player star power style at the very top. And then in a wider metagame, the way their constructed uh, games have always been uh, in Hearthstone. And their focus is actually on the bottom. And you can tell their focus is on the bottom. Because one of the only things they've released about mercenaries alongside mercenaries when it comes to PvP is not like, hey, look at the ladder and how awesome the ladder is. Hey, here's a competitive, like, you know, uh, tournament that we're setting up with cash prizes. Or, like, here's, you know, a, a tournament with, like, a host and, like, to, to advertise or whatever. They didn't announce any of that. They instead published a blog from the matchup algorithm guy. Um, I, for, I forget his name. Uh, I think it's Ding. Um... And he explained quite thoroughly, like very thoroughly, how the PvP matchup algorithm works. And almost all of it is about how you match up people with imperfect cups. Like 95% of that blog post was just about, well, what about players? Like how ratings works with players with different level heroes. Oh, what if they're all max level? Now what about the abilities? How huh? are they different? If their abilities are the same, what about their equipment? Oh, we're also gonna make sure we're not just gonna match up all the fighters against all the, like a six fighter team against six mage team, because that just won't be a fun experience for anyone. All of this is focused on the bottom of the PvP scale. They even have bots step in so you don't have to like wait too long on the bottom. And also bots solve the problem of, you know, when people's teams are a little too far apart, right? To not put two people two people's teams together or one side just has no chance of winning. They were very focused on that. They developed a ton of resources for it. They thought about it a lot. They published a post so everyone would know about it. That cared to know about it. Because Merck's PvP is geared towards the bottom. More so than any other PvP system. More so than duels, more so than arena even. More so than constructed, obviously. They're not looking at the top players. They're not looking at the skilled, the top skilled players or the top comp players. What they're looking at are the people like you and me building their collection, dumping money into the system, and making sure we have a good time and that we can play PvP whenever we want and get matched up with someone decent. And in this low level of Merc's PvP, and I, I say low level, I basically, like, it could be max level and still low level. Like, I, I bring a max level team uh, into PvP and I'm faced against, like, people who, like, honestly suck and have comps that don't synergize at all. Uh, they'll have, like, you know, like the pieces, right? Like, you, you're, the, the popular one is, like, Cariel, Sumero, and uh, Zarela. That's your um, uh, tank, mage, uh, DPS combo that people kind of go to, and it's, it's quite good. Uh, but, but they don't do it right. Like, their pieces are there, but they don't play it the right way. Like, and their backups, the people that come in off the bench, are a total mess. Because those three are easy to get, but Karen's not easy to get. Diablo's not easy to get, so they don't have them. So they're instead using, like, random mercs that they like. 
that doesn't work <laughs> with the rest of their comps. And uh, I'm destroying them because I just said screw it and I just created a full orc comp right off the bat. But um, my point is, that's what the PvP is for. It's to take your heroes that you like and put them together. And yeah, you could be high level, you could be whatever, and you could fight each other. So when the people complain about PvP, um, they're complaining about the top. Not, not really the bottom. Not even really the mid. They're people who are either at the top or they're people who want to be at the top or think of themselves as at the top. And they're identifying things that legitimately make the game less good if you are at the top or if you were at the top. But I don't think Blizzard has any intention of changing that for like at least the next year, if not the next two years. Like, major new systems have to come into this game for the PvP to be more than a metagame plus weighted rock, paper, scissors at the top. It's just not how the game is designed. It's not what the game is set up to do. Yeah, I agree. I think Blizzard is quite happy with how things turned out. Um, and there's a lot of kind of, like, complaints within people that uh, I talk to. Uh, not complaints, just like, ugh, you know, this isn't fun, this isn't for me. Um, and, and I think that was intended, um, and, and that's fine, right? Like, Blizzard has stated that they're, what they're trying to do is trying to make Hearthstone not a game, but, like, a hub. It's like they're they're trying to make it such that, like, oh, uh, you can come here and you can play all these different things, but, like, come to Hearthstone and we can offer you whatever, right? It's like you're on the, the toilet and you just want to do a couple runs? Like, play Mercenaries. You want to really you can like pause at any time? Hmm. What? I said you can pause at any time. So oh. that when your toilet is done, you can like leave the toilet. Unlike if you like started an arena game or a constructed game, where you actually have to finish the game before you get off the. Or toilet. you just got your golden hogger and you're like, oh boy, gotta <laughs> gotta go, just gotta go go go. But um, yeah. So th this definitely fits their idea of we want to make Hearthstone into a hub and we want a little bit something for everyone. So you're not going to like everything um, or uh, you might like it, but you're going to like it for a different purpose. Uh, so for Adulta, he he just kind of likes it as his kind of like, uh, you know, just a different flavor, right? Like you you like it, but for a very different it, reason than you like everything game. else. It's a chill yeah, game. Yeah, it's a chill game. And I'm playing PvP just to get the like rewards, right? I couldn't really care less if I win or lose. They just actually give quite decent rewards for like playing PvP. Because they're encouraging people to play PvP. But the main game that I'm playing is just... It's not even PvE. It's like, it's like just building my collection. Like these are like... What, what Blizzard has done is something that I have been asking them to do since like, I don't know, six months after the game released. Like, once I became an Infinite Arena player and I played it for a while, I was like, okay, I see that I have a crap ton of gold. I see that I'm going to keep accumulating gold. And back then, I was still, like, not as disillusioned with Blizzard as I am now, that I was still giving them money every single expansion. They also came out with expansions less often. Um, and I was giving them money every single expansion, even though I had enough gold and I didn't need to buy the pre-order for, like, packs. I was just like, hey, you're, you're, so, you're putting more stuff into the game, and I should give you more money, not just the gold I've been earning because I'm an infinite player. But the entire time, what I wanted was a gold sink. Now... Keep in mind, 
there are no gold sinks, not real ones anyway, right? There's like, you could try to get gold, you could try to buy packs in order to get dust, in order to change that into golden cards so that your arena cards are golden, right? It's kind of a gold sink, but it's kind of just a purely cosmetic gold sink. Battlegrounds has no gold sink at all. It's just 2,000, like, uh, a season. So if you play more Battlegrounds than 2,000 a season, you just have a bunch of extra gold that you can't really turn into anything that has anything to do with Battlegrounds. So, um, except for Constructed, in which you buy packs, and that's a gold sink. If you do not play Constructed, and I think they're realizing, especially with the launch of Battlegrounds, that there are more and more Hearthstone players who don't play Constructed or don't play much of Constructed. You need a gold sink. And this game just never had a gold sink, which is crazy, right? Think about designing any game. A endgame gold sink is one of the like first things you design in the endgame, right? The first thing you design an endgame is something for players to do. The second thing you design for an endgame is something that will take the fruits of their labor so that they feel a sense of progress. And Hearthstone did not have that second element for everything besides Constructed. And now they do. So you got to think of it from the bottom up. Mercenaries is the global, the game-wide gold sink for all modes of Hearthstone. And they are actually giving you a lot of gold with this Battle Pass system. Uh, I know people complain about it a lot in the beginning, and it was really not that big of an issue. It was more like how they structured the pass, not the total amount of gold you would get. Uh, it was more like they created this weird dip where nothing happened for like weeks of you playing, so it just felt bad, even though you were gonna get to it eventually. Uh, so they not only fixed that, but they also just upped the amount of gold that you get like quite significantly. So now, there's like a ton of gold flying around. And there's even more gold than there was before because your weekly quest also just like gave you more than it did in the very beginning of launch of the game. So my point is, there's just a lot of gold flying around. And now, you're expected to dump it into mercenaries. So, a lot of people complain about mercenaries being like a gotcha game or like a, a, you know, a really expensive game. And it is. It is a really expensive game. But it should be a really expensive game. This is not a game that you should be playing with real money. Like, you could, right? You, they give you the option. But it's very, very telling that Blizzard actually only... Like, I tried to pay money to Blizzard because once I got into Mercenaries, I, like, I just like giving people money whose products that I'm using, right? So I started off with a $5 intro pack because it was just a good deal. Everyone who plays Mercenaries should should you know pay five dollars and get that it's just they give you so much um but after that i must have played like maybe like 20 hours before i put more money in maybe 30 40 hours i put a lot of hours in before i put more money in but once i started to put money in i tried to buy everything that they were offering me i realized i couldn't blizzard cut off my ability to give them money you can buy one starter a pack for five dollars you could buy one more starter pack for twenty dollars you can buy one legendary card for $5. You can't even repeat that. Like, what? I want to give you more money and get my legendaries. But no, only $5. And then, I didn't do this yet, but you can pay $8 for 750 legendary coins. Um, I don't really need that. Uh, but I can see myself paying for it. But after that, the only thing you can buy are packs for money. And it's terribly inefficient, as everybody who's ever paid money for packs without a deal knows. That is not really what Blizzard's trying to get you to do. They're just kind of allowing it, right? You can tell what they're pushing you to do. 
they're pushing you to spend about as much money as I spend, which is 30 bucks, right? Maybe up to 38 bucks, which is how they're pricing the complete package of this game. When you're doing the uh, the pre uh, the pre-orders, right? Like they priced it at like what one thirty dollar pack, one fifty dollar pack, or something. That's how they're pricing this, and everything else. But but and here's the other thing that people are pissed about: once you buy the pre-order pack or you spend your thirty dollars on this, you don't just get all the mercenaries. Like the collecting part of the game is so far from over. You're still very far away from completing your collection. This just gets you started, and. Fittingly, they name it Starter, right? Like, they don't say, like, this is, like, the complete collection or whatever. It was just kind of an expectation people had because they were able to do that with Constructed. But that's the whole point of this game. The point of this Mercenaries game is to collect. It's to level. You know the most valuable thing in Mercenaries? Tasks. The thing that when they nerfed in a hotfix, everybody, like, got super pissed about, which I'll talk about after this. Um, you can't buy Tasks. You can't even buy, you can't buy anything related to tasks. You, you have to go through, RNG your way to a mysterious stranger, and then complete the quest, and then RNG your way to another mysterious stranger and complete that quest, and you gotta do it 16 times per character. No amount of money you give Blizzard will let you circumvent that system. Because Blizzard, believe it or not, is not interested in your money. There are so many complaints on Reddit from whales who are trying to give Blizzard money and buy their way into this gacha game, and Blizzard just does not give them any efficient way to do that. When's the last time you played a gacha game where they didn't have a package, a repeatable package, where you can pay like $100 for like 40% off a giant bundle of coins and resources? When's the last time you played a gacha game with that? Never! That's a terrible business model for a gacha game. But that's Blizzard's model right now. And why is it Blizzard's model? Because Mercenaries is not meant to be a dollar sink. Mercenaries is meant to be a game mode that lets you pay for it, like a normally priced game if you're into it. But you don't have to pay for it. You can be totally free to play and be like pretty much fine. Not like the most competitive. But again, even in PvP, they'll only match you with people around your level, around your like skill, around your whatever. So you, they spent a lot of money and resources to make sure that PvP experience was going to be great for the bottom of the game, right? So if you're free to play, they actually spend way more resources on you than on the people who are paying like $5,000 $5, for this game. And there's a reason for that. It's because that was never the intention. Blizzard is not making this game for the gotcha whales. They are making this game for the, maybe not the free-to-play, free-to-play players, but at least for the, the small amount, the like regular pay-to-play players, right? The players who are willing to pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks for, uh, for a game. And I think they did quite a decent job of it in terms of their actual payment like system. And uh, their other thing is that they have now created an actual gold sink for Battlegrounds and Arena players. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, Duels players also. The two Duels players that still exist. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's why... Out. Yeah, maybe that's why PJ is... He's like, I gotta use up all my gold. <laughs> I'm sure he is. And I'm sure all the Infinite Arena players who don't play Constructed have that same like kind of like thing. You're just sitting on a pot of gold. I had like 90k gold in my account. You know, I'm not saying there's a lot of people out there with 90k gold in their account, but there's plenty of people who get more than the 2,000 gold battlegrounds, uh, you know, per per season thing. 
And there's plenty of infinite or soft infinite arena players who don't play much of anything else. Maybe they also play Battlegrounds. And they just end up with more gold. And they're like, I guess I'll buy a pack. Why? This is just a better gold sink that they spent a lot of time and effort on. So, anyway. That's... So, my first feel is on how PvP, it's, it's not meant really for the top, it's meant for the bottom. My second spiel is on the purpose of mercenaries, is exactly this. It's exactly for everybody besides the people that do extreme stuff. And if you're wondering why people on Reddit, for example, are really annoyed by everything, it's because most of the people on Reddit are really extreme people. Who are really into this game. That they're on Reddit talking about it. Complaining about it. They got really excited for Mercs. And then they like either spent a lot of money on it. Or spent a crap ton of time on it. And that's actually not what Blizzard wants this game mode to be. So those are the people that are getting screwed. And those are the people that are upset. And they should be upset. Because this game mode is not meant for them. Yeah. That's the thing with me. Like I, I look. Um, I brought this up on one of my, like, Diablo streams as well. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, like, if you just, like, listen to this small circle of people who are very dedicated to high arena, high BG gameplay kind of, like, group that we've cultivated, um, you would think that it's kind of like a flop, right? Like a royal flop. Um, and it's, it's, it's really bad. And I'm like, yeah, Blizzard did exactly what they set out to do. And I think internally... If they look at the launch, if they look at everything, um, I think they're very excited. I think they're very happy with what... Oh, I think it's a big hit. Yeah, I, I think they're very excited and very happy with what turned out. Um, and that's cool, you know? Like, this is obviously not something for us. And, and uh, you know, definitely not something for me. Definitely not something uh, for kind of like um, the the kind of community that, that we're a part of. And that's absolutely fine, once again. And... And I'm not, yeah, like I'm saying, it's not made for us. It's not that we can't participate in it. You just have to kind of adjust your expectations and how you relate with the game mode, right? Like, you can't approach the game mode like, I'm going to be an infinite arena player or I'm going to make the leaderboard on Battlegrounds. Like, you can approach it and say, hey, I'm going to make the leaderboard in PvP Mercenaries. But you're going to have a shittier time of it and it's going to be less rewarding than Battlegrounds or Arena or anything that's actually designed for that. Because it's it's just not what the game mode is there for. You gotta approach it with something that's either a more casual uh, perspective or like at the most probably like my perspective where I put some money in, I don't plan on putting more, maybe I'll put more, but I'm certainly not gonna buy any packs because I'm still sitting on a crap ton of gold I haven't spent. And I'm not even gonna dump all that gold into this game mode. Because the rewards, as people will tell you, once you have a lot of stuff, the re- like buying a pack or like just getting a pack gets you very, very little. Like, it's super not worth it. Blizzard is trying... In every way possible, Blizzard is basically sitting there being like, we don't want your money. Give us your $30, $40, $50 maybe, you know, at most 60 but then we don't want any more of your money. And the people that are being really loud, a lot of them are like, why will you not take my money and give me something for it? Like, why are you giving me so little for my money? And Blizzard's sitting there like, because we don't really want your money? And the people with the money trying to give them to Blizzard are like, but everybody wants my money. So 
Blizzard actually created this. It's the same thing the other way, right? You have the people who are the hardcore grinders who are playing this game like, you know, 20 hours a day since launch. And they're like, why is this experience such shit? Why is this so terrible? Blizzard, did you even test this? This is a bad game, Blizzard, that I'm spending 20 hours a day playing for the last two weeks. This is such a bad game. I'm through with it. I quit. And Blizzard's sitting there being like, good. We hope you come back when you calm down and take this game for what it is. And if you're not capable of it, that's fine. We don't want you to be playing this game. And all those voices that I'm talking about combined are a very, 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 very small percentage of the people that are spending money on Mercs that are people that are spending time on Mercs. And you can talk to all the streamers. I, I think the so I didn't play. Uh, I was busy with work uh, the first uh, two nights uh, of the release of uh, uh, of Merc. So I didn't start playing until the third day. Uh, and in the first two days, I saw so many tweets from all the streamers. That's like Mercs is a great and fun game. You know, like it's a wonderful game. You guys should really try it out and play it. I don't think I'm gonna stream it though because it's just not great like viewer experience. Or, and honestly, a lot of them are just, like, not that interested in it. And they see all the things I'm talking about. This game was not designed for them. And they know it. And they're smart enough to look at it and be like, okay, I'm here for the hype. And I want to, like, you know, get in the game mode and explore it. But this is not going to be a main part of my stream or my life. Because it's not, like, for me, for me. Whereas other people where it's actually four, will hopefully play it and be like, oh, this is a decent way to kill, like, an hour here and there. You know, maybe two hours. And, and that's that's what it is. Um, Team America says, I am not smart. Team America is in chat right now, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and wondering where we're getting this information. Uh, Team America, uh, you, you play duels for... You are not smart. You are smart in many ways. Year or two whole years. But you are not smart. In, in, in terms of, like, stubbornness equaling uh, <laughs> insanity slash not smart, you are not smart in that way. Uh, but like, like, you are very smart in other ways. That I would consider more stubborn in playing a game Blizzard's given up on than, than, than us. Um, and, in fact, when I stopped playing Arena um, a few weeks ago, because Blizzard is... The meta's terrible, and Blizzard's just done nothing about it. They clearly don't want you to play Arena right now. They want you to play Mercs. Um, like, people on chat are like, wow, when Odwicta is just, like, not playing Arena at all, you know it's terrible. Well, they, they won't even dare bring out Dual Class Arena for now. They're yeah. just like, hey, it's coming up on Halloween? Nope. <laughs> uh, oh, they messed like, it up so bad. It's like we'll give it to you, but next month play Mercs first, by the way, uh, and it will only be for a week because we want you to play Mercs. Yep. Yeah. Please play Mercs. Also, we won't upgrade stuff in Battlegrounds for the longest time um, because because Mercs is about to come out, and and then please play Mercs. Uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, even even us like Team America, you surpass us in your stubbornness with duels by like such a long shot, and I'm just I'm so glad for you personally that mercs came along and however bad mercs may be long term for pvp it will still be better than duels because you can do something in mercs it is a game mode that blizzard can actually balance and will eventually balance unlike duels in which it was a pipe dream that they ever thought they could balance it we were very skeptical that anyone can balance it much less blizzard and it, it, it turns out to be what it was um 
I say was. I don't know if Blizzard's actually given up on duels forever or if they're going to try to keep it going. Um, but anyway, my point being, this is the attitude you guys have to have. And I know we're late on this. This is like a week and a half in. But I honestly couldn't have given you this take last week. I couldn't have. Because I was only uh, maybe like 30 hours uh, into Mercs. And I didn't have this, this insight, right? And I hadn't sat there and thought about the game design and looked at it from Blizzard's perspective, from corporate, from game designers, and like just trying to figure out why the game is the way it is. Um, and at the end, it's I think when Mercs first asked me, like after I played a bunch of Mercs, what do you think about it? I'm like, eh, it's like a 6 out of 10. But I'm playing Hearthstone, so this is going to beat out other 6 out of 10 games. And it's like a chill game that you can play. So how many chill games that you play are really better than a 6 out of 10? Like, for especially for like a competitive person. Like the fact that it's a chill game. Yeah. Diablo 2, 11 out of 10. Oh my god, that's the thing, right? Like you talk about... So Mercs has a very limited reward like cycle. Like once you play a lot of it, the loop... Is just not a, a nearly as like satisfying as a lot of uh, a lot of games with, with better loops. Um, but but the Diablo two loop, oh, that is such a not satisfying loop. Like having played many hours of Diablo two Endgame with you, I, I now remember that the loop is is exactly as bad as I remember it. It's actually even worse because you're richer than I was back in the day on Battle.net. Um, mm -hmm. And you play it for way longer than we used to play it. Um, yeah, we had like stuff like school and like you know other things to do. Um, and it's just so like we would do. I think one. I think the other night when we played for like three hours, we found like zero items that you considered a value. Yes. Yeah, that's three hours without a single drop that was like, oh, this could help me, and or I can trade it and get some value out of it. Zero. And that is not an uncommon experience, right? That is not uncommon. That's that's Diablo 2. We're talking about unsatisfying loops. And this is even worse, because I'm coming back from Vegas, where I was playing slots for like most of my time there, because I just wanted pure games of chance. And that is like a game specifically engineered to give you a positive feedback loop while actually taking your money at a very fast pace. So you're actually losing like quite fast. But the feedback loop is so positive that they try to incentivize you as much as possible to keep giving them money. And to go from that back to Diablo 2 and Mercenaries, and you're just like, oh my god. Why are these, like... Like, you think it should be the same people designing these kinds of stuff, right? Or at least when we think of, like, an evil corporate overlord that's making, like, you know, the, uh, Hearthstone more like a gotcha game, which is just a money grab, which uses the same kinds of stuff that casinos use. Like, no, it's a terrible version of slots. Like, you do not get anywhere near the same rewards. And even more than a terrible version of slots, they purposely won't take your money. Yeah. Like, for anything efficient. It, it's like Blizzard is like being the responsible version of a slot machine. And and the game is worse for it. So you just kind of got to accept that this is mercenaries, right? Blizzard's not out there to bleed you dry on mercenaries. Blizzard's not like out there to like, you know, bleed all of your time dry like the way they do with WoW. They want you to play their other games for that, right? No one should walk around, in Blizzard's mind, no one should walk around and be like, I'm a mercenaries player. <laughs> Sorry, Team America. 
People should walk around and be like, I'm a Battlegrounds player. Oh, and here's, you know, a Mercs thing that I do sometimes for, like, a break or whatever. Or, like, look, I'm growing and I'm building my team. It's like having a little pet around, right? Like, that's Mercs. And maybe it doesn't knock the ball out of the park the way Battlegrounds did, right? But it's going to be so hard to create another Battlegrounds. Like, Mercs does its job, and it does it quite well, I think. Yeah. It's very much a success. Like, good job to Blizzard for creating this thing that I think they're very happy with internally. Um, and unfortunately, it's like if you... Once again, we ha we always have to remember how small Reddit is. Like, Hearthstone uh, like subreddit is compared to everyone who plays Hearthstone. Um, yeah. It's like the... And uh, it, it truly is kind of like, you know, you're going to see here a lot of people be very angry being like what the hell this is a complete failure and uh i i know internally at blizzard um i'm i'm sure they're they're very very happy and uh congrats to them i mean i did not think they would have been able to pull this off as in like create a, a new game mode so soon after uh kind of bgs and duels and duels. then um make it work like this good for them yeah, and, and it's it's going to get better also, right? Like, this is the first iteration. Like, don't think Blizzard's going to, like... Don't think that this is Mercenaries, right? They're, they're, you're level capped at 30. And they specifically said, for now. Like, yeah. it's, they're just waiting for, like, this thing to actually, like, go up higher. And then they'll add more stuff, right? It won't be... Like, they'll add more dimensions to the game. They're just getting you used to the base game right now. Like, when I say, like, oh, PvP is going to be, like, you know, not particularly interesting in the game unless they add new things... They definitely will add new things. It's just a question of what kind of new things that they're adding. They're not just going to keep adding new mercs, right? Or, like, new missions. Like, sure, they're going to add new mercs, they're going to add new missions, but they're also going to add new levels, which will also add fundamental differences in how your mercs work, especially, like, in PvP, I think. Um, but they also didn't want to throw too much at you right now and kind of overwhelm you. Or, if they want to put a lot of the stuff towards the later in the end game. They don't want the streamers out there playing a game that's different than what you're playing, right? Again, the PvP is designed for low levels. So they want you to feel like you're playing what the streamers are playing. I would not be surprised if they knew about the Zarela Sumero combo, uh, Cario combo, because they give you these guys in the very freaking beginning, and they're all but saying, like, go for it, guys, so that you're playing the same thing that the streamers are playing. Um... This is all. This is all very calculated. Anyway, uh, my point is, I, I walked into Mercenaries not expecting to like it. Like I expected to. Uh, I was going to put in um, at least ten hours into it. That's what I told myself. Uh, even if it sucked, I just wanted to see what Blizzard put all this time and effort into. And uh, after ten hours, I knew I was going to be playing at least forty hours. And after forty hours, I knew I was going to be playing at least a hundred hours. Uh, we'll see what happens after a hundred hours, right? But I feel like. I will be playing Mercenaries in one way or the other, on and off at least, for the rest of my time that I am actively playing Hearthstone at all. And that is the purpose of Mercenaries. And I finally have a gold sink now, so I don't have to annoy Blizzard about that anymore. Yep. Um, and, and my question to the people who are, like, very angry at this, um, my only question is sort of like, you know, if you are angry because it's not like BGs or it's not like Arena... Why don't you just play BGs in Arena? Yeah. Uh, BGs is still here and it's decent right now. They didn't like screw BG over the way they did duels in Arena before the launch of Mercs. Right. 
that's where I am with this. Like, I don't, I mean, I guess I won't ever understand really angry people consistently being angry. Um, but for me, I'm just like, okay, it's not for me. Um, I'm not going to stream it because I don't think it's a good stream game. Uh, and also I just don't find enjoyment in it, but it's not like they took away BGs. It's not like they took away arenas. Um, so I'll just in, you know, go to those if I feel like playing one of those sorts of games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I found it like, it's actually, I mean, for me, I concentrate so hard when I'm playing uh, arena and I am so like rope focused. Uh, and when I play BGs, I can't talk to chat at all. The mercenaries, at least, I think I'm always going to use as a good, like, little break or end of the stream thing if I have, like, extra time to, like, just, like, talk to people. Because um, there's no pressure at all, right? It's like a single-player game. <laughs> you could take forever to make a move. Um, and it's not really about the game. Like, if you're watching someone play Mercs, unless you have not played Mercs before or you're, like, checking out a new comp, you're not really watching them, like, play Mercs, right? You're just, like, hanging out and Mercs is on. Um, and I know people do that as well on stream with other stuff, but I'm like too competitive and too slow to be able to do that normally. So I think I will continue streaming Mercs like as a small, very small percentage, but larger now until they freaking fix arena. In case you're wondering, and we've been talking about Mercs a lot, and I'm going to go back and talk about Mercs PVE uh, a little bit longer after this, but here's the little arena update that Mercs uh, alluded to before. So Dwell Class is coming uh, first week of November. Uh, so not last week when the patch came for Halloween uh, and not this next week. Even though when you log into Arena now, they'll actually there's a pop-up and it actually tells you that Dwell Class Arena is here. It's not because you're supposed to be playing Mercs. Um, but also they didn't hit the button. So Warlock is still like 57% or something. Priest, which we're playing the Arena Coop today, is under 40% still, as is like a lot of classes are under like 46%. Um, Arena is quite terrible right now. It is in one of the worst states that it has ever been in. I've stopped playing Arena weeks ago, um, and I kept waiting for them to like hit the button again. And they just don't, and they won't. It's kind of pointless now. You've got one week until uh, Dual Classes shakes things up anyway. And then after Dual Classes... I don't know if they're going to actually come out with that mini set that they are supposed to. Because there's only like a month left after that before they just release the next expansion. Uh, so I'm a little confused on the timing. But I think we should just expect... And, and Dual Class obviously is not going to be balanced. It never is. Uh, and they don't have enough time to like ever balance it. Even like make an attempt at it. So I'm on... I, you guys know from listening to me all these years. I do not like Dual Class. I think it's just like glorified uh, Tavern Brawl. Uh... So I'm just not going to be playing Arena until they actually hit the balance button at some point. Um, or, or the new mini set comes out and I want to check out the new cards. Uh, so I may be actually playing Mercs on stream for a while. But eventually, long term, right, I'm going to try to pull it down to like 5 or 10% of the streams. Um, okay, so... I, I see you guys in chat. A lot of people have uh, have uh, been asking about this uh, this thing, and it is the biggest controversy in Mercs right now. And I specifically didn't talk about it because I think it's so stupid and silly, and I don't want to offend people that much because I know a lot of people are very angry about it, and they think Blizzard has screwed up big time with it. If you don't know what happened, basically, um, the loop, the PvE loop for, uh, we'll call it early and mid-game and also end-game PvE uh, mercs is you need to get the most 
valuable resource in the game, which are tasks. Tasks are the equivalent of quests. They just call them tasks to differentiate them from your actual quest in Hearthstone, which are your like weeklies and your dailies. So you don't have tasks. The task system is, is terribly designed, which is a whole other story. But basically you get four tasks every single day. You know how in the dailies you get one new daily quest every day and then you can stack up to three of them before you have to like clear them all and then you don't miss anything because you can play casually? Well, for whatever reason, the even more casual mercs that you can only achieve by playing mercs, you can't like a lot of the quests in, uh, in Hearthstone in general can be uh, done through many game modes, including Tavern Brawl. Uh, these you can't. You got to play mercs. And you get four of them. And then the next day you get another four. And if you don't clear these, they take up the spots. So you will just not get them for the next day. So every day that you don't clear four quests, which, you know, can take anywhere from like five minutes to like an hour for some of the like silly ones. Um, then you're just missing out on progression. And those are your dailies. And there are no weeklies uh, or anything like that. It's just kind of like they're moving backwards in their task design, right? But... Uh, the way to you, but they allow you to actually generate tasks. You can generate tasks by hitting a spot on the board called the mysterious, called the mystery, which sometimes becomes a mysterious stranger when you get close to it. And if it becomes a mysterious stranger and you touch it, then one of the members of your team that's on the run right now gets a task. So you can basically force the game to give you quests like tasks at a faster clip than you would naturally get them. So of course, if you're grinding because quests are the most valuable resource you will keep grinding uh things that give you the easiest route and quickest route to mysterious stranger which will give you that quest uh sorry that task and you'll just keep doing that so the quickest route uh was a uh level eight mission that means it was designed for level eight it's a level eight heroic mission it's the air elemental mission in um in barons and it was designed to be tough for a level 8 team. And it was the most efficient way to get tasks for any member of your team. So people would take level 30s and like, you know, whatever. And just keep running that over and 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 over. Repeatedly. Because it is by far the most efficient way to get tasks. Which is the most important resource in the game. And there were enough people that did it enough times in a mind-numbingly fashion that they were able to get the task completed for all of their team and then maybe even all of their entire rosters. Blizzard saw that this was happening. They have data on this stuff. And they have fixed it. They're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We had not envisioned that the end game of this new game mode that we created was, one, going to be completed so quickly. And two, was you taking level 30 characters and grinding a level 8 area. That is clearly not what we intended. This is an exploit. We're going to fix it. So they patched it. They fixed it. Now it takes some differential between the stage level and your hero party, uh, the top uh, level of the character in your, uh, in your party. So now you have to grind like level near level 30 ones uh, for your level 30 tasks. Meaning, if you, uh, for your, like, later tasks, uh, for the heroes that you really care about when they're level 30, you have to grind the areas that Blizzard thinks is actually reasonable for you to grind. Those areas are harder, take more turns to complete, and have generally longer paths, so you may have to face, like, three fights instead of two or whatever. Overall, it's increased the grind by anywhere between 50 to 100% in terms of, like, the length. 
uh, of, of the grind, which is not the end of the world. But everybody got super, super, super pissed that they closed what essentially, they essentially fixed a clear exploit in the game. And everybody got mad at it. Some people, because they think the exploit should exist in the game and that that should be the entire end game of Mercs. PvE is just to grind that loop, which feels like a really weird argument to me because why? Like, I, I mean, it feels weird to me, but I don't know. Maybe Murps, you can relate because that is the entirety uh, of the album. Okay, so I think people, <laughs> well, first of all, this isn't exactly uh, analogous, but um, okay, so I would say people aren't weren't exactly angry because they're like, oh, oh, this should the be the end too. game. Um, they yeah, were yeah, angry. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this group of people first. Yeah. Well, there, th- are, there are different groups of people who are angry for different sure. reasons. Sure. Uh, no, I mean, th- for those people who want it easier, it's people who want to reach the end game easier. That's it. It's like, it's just harder, right? Like they they see it as like this was this easy, and now it is harder, and therefore I am unhappy because I wanted it to be easier. Um, there's just gonna be people okay. like that. Period. Okay, but that's not even the people I'm talking about. There's people who legitimately think, and a lot of these people, you just look at the Reddit threads, who think that this should be the end game, essentially, or the entire game. Um, the same way. No, like, I, I, I don't think that. Diablo too, you grind the same places with very little chance to die, and you just see what pops, right? I don't know what percentage of people, re- like, I, for whatever percentage, I think that's, like, super small, that doesn't even merit talking about because i think the vast majority of people even if they say that what they really mean is the the group of people that you you were kind of like don't talk about them yet but it's like the group of people who feel as it is inequitable that they weren't able to take part in this right right? okay that is so even if they phrase it in a way that you might interpret as that I see it as like you, they kind of just phrase it. I don't think they mean it. I don't think they mean it. I don't think they mean it. I think the vast, vast, vast majority of people, you're gonna have weirdos out there, right, who are just like, this should be the end. No, no, no. no. Like I think it's such a small minority that it doesn't even deserve okay. to be talked about. Fine. Well, there's a good percentage of people who say that on Reddit, and I was taking their upvote. I think people just don't know how to express what they mean. Okay. So the other group of people, which I admit is a larger group of people, I just want to talk about them afterwards. Because, um, so that the other group of people are the people who basically think that they are now forever barred from playing PvP. Because the earlier people who have done this now have way higher level characters, not even higher level. It's not that hard to get to level 30, even just playing regular PvE. Like, uh, I got there pretty quick without, and I play super slow, without doing any kind of exploits whatsoever and without touching PvP at all. Um... But they're like, they're, they're tasks, and they're like task progression, right? Which results in a lot of coins, which is also coin farming, which gives you more better abilities and uh, higher level like items, uh, is for, it's, it's at a much slower pace now than the people who had farmed this earlier. And so in PvP, they're just like, well, now we're going to be outclassed, right? And it's not fair, because not only are we going to die in PvP, but we're also not going to be able to progress to the place that we would have otherwise that these people got to do. So it's a very PvP-centric kind of a viewpoint where the end game is top-level PvP. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about this to kind of... This is the first thing we've talked about in terms of mercs. 
The end game of Mercs is not top level PvP. The end game of Mercs could be PvP, but it's PvP being matched with people of roughly your uh, of roughly your like kind of area, right? Character level, then ability, then weapon. Blizzard spent a lot of time and money on this. They also marked it as one of the only coherent pieces of communication that they communicated to you at the launch of Mercs. They right. have done everything in their power to make it so that the end game PvP does not matter, with the exception of allowing for a leaderboard that gets updated. That's the only PvP end game that there is. You don't get anything for it. I mean, yeah, you get it for getting higher ratings, but ratings are going to inflate so that a lot of people are going to be able to get uh, like the, the ratings right now that even the top player can't get because ratings are still inflating right now. But being the very best in PvP and Mercs has no reward. <laughs> it is not the end game. You can make it the end game, but the sheer number of people on Reddit that just considers that the end game, and yet they weren't willing to grind it when the game came out, for some reason, even though they thought that that was the end game, it, it, it just baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. If you just care about playing PvP and having fun and winning and being skillful and, you know, playing a better metagame than other people, you can do all of that with your lower-leveled, lower-ability heroes as you grind at half the speed of what people were able to grind at before. It's not like they made it so, like, it's impossible to get tasks anymore. You're just operating at 50% the speed of what you were doing before, at best. Yeah, I think if you make it... Um, suitably efficient you can get up to 75 percent of the old speed because most of the issue is in the loading screens and whatever that's actually slowing you down if that's just what you want to do all day long um but it's just such a weird position now i do agree with a third group of people who are not as mad about either of the first two things because the first one was ridiculous uh the second one is a fundamental misinterpretation of what mercs is uh, is about and what blizzard cares about in mercs the third group of people kind of realized once they closed this loophole what the end game of Merck's PvE actually is. Like, I think this group of people either didn't have heavy PvP ambitions or didn't care too much about PvP or just kind of was doing what they were doing because everybody else was doing it. And they're just trying to build their collection, right? It's basically what I'm doing, just kind of trying to like build my collection. And they realized that there's no end game. It's like in Diablo 2, right? We talk about this all the time. Diablo 2 has no end game. Not not really, because it was it was a game that came out at a time when the, no games had really real end games. And they didn't like add one uh, in the re-release. So, it's just it is what it is. So, imagine if all the imagine if they made a patch and completely changed all the areas that were efficient uh, to grind and made it so everything was magically perfectly efficient to grind at half the production of the old best areas to grind, right? Assume that they did a magical patch that changed everything like that. It's as if that happened and all the, like a whole bunch of D2 players realized all of a sudden, wait a minute. The entirety of this Diablo 2 endgame actually is the grind. And that's kind of silly and I don't care anymore and what's the point of play? 
Which again, this is also crazy to me because it meant that you were just playing this without realizing that Merc's PvE has no end game. The end game is just collecting portraits, getting more coins, leveling your people up. The journey is the end game. There may be an end game later on. Um, you know, Blizzard's hardly done updating this game mode. But at launch, there was never a PvE endgame. Blizzard never claimed there was a PvE endgame, and the closest there is to the PvE endgame is this near-endless grind and getting all of your people up to the highest possible, like, equipment levels, having extra coins. Coins aren't even capped. You can, like, max out everything, and they'll still give you more coins that you can presumably use in the future when they add more stuff to it. So there's no end to this grind, even, right? Like, you can future-proof yourself to a certain extent by just getting extra coins. The game launched with no PvE endgame. The game launched with zero focus or care about the PvP endgame. The game launched with no endgame. And, and, and for people who... For people for which this was a very rude awakening, like, I feel kind of bad because, you know, like, it's true. But also, if you were grinding like a level 8 area with super overpowered heroes, what did you think the end game was? Right? Like, these people are not, like, so much as angry at Blizzard as I think they're angry at themselves for, like, kind of falling into this gotcha game pattern where the journey is the end game and there is no actual end game except, like, making the number go to max so that you can't, you have nothing else to do anymore. But, but that is the end game. Because once again... Think of this, think of Mercenaries as like a pet game mode. This is where you go and dump all of your gold. This is where you get pretty stuff, right? This is where you get some portraits and whatever. It may become something more than that, but at launch, it isn't. And it did not pretend to be more than that. Enjoy your Neopets, guys. Yes. I mean, no, Neopets is way more of an endgame than this. Neopets is endlessly complicated compared to Mercs. Do not drag Neopets down into the area of Mercs, okay? Neopets is like an 8 out of 10 in complexity. Mercs is like a 3 out of 10 in complexity. Uh, anyway. But yeah, look, I, I, I think we've talked about it uh, enough. I, I feel the same way. Like, I, look, I, I understand why people are a little bit angry at uh, the, the Mysterious Stranger nerf. Um, but come on, like, that, that's not, like... Let's be real here, guys. Let's 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 try to be actually real here. Um, that shouldn't exist. There's a reason that South Park made an episode and memed about like Elwyn Boars, of which it's now in the game. So strange universe that we're in, and it's like that was one of the funniest moments, right? It's like how ridiculous is it for an end game mechanic? Or, or, like, for, for people in the endgame to just farm this, like, stupid, low-level monster-slash-quest. And that's exactly what it is. Like, South Park made, mm -hmm. made fun of it. Exactly. And here, people are just like... It's like, oh, we... It's like, you know, this was necessary. It's like, no. This is exactly the thing that, like, people thought was, like, memeable and funny. Um, and it shouldn't be in there. So. Yeah. I, I hope we are... Like, going to appropriately move move past it. 
it's it's also not like that big of a difference it's really like you're going at half speed at the slowest like and if your entire point is if you're actually playing the game the blizzard wants you to play which is to like slowly get your collection bigger and like kind of enjoy like marching your little band of merry heroes around and like defeating stuff and trying out different combinations of all these different heroes and making different synergies and just being like cool um and like leveling them up and getting stuff what blizzard has done is extended your game by two by 100 they've added 100 more game for you because this whole thing that you're doing that you're like collecting tasks and you're completing the task that is the end game like that is the game right now so people basically got mad at blizzard for creating plus 100 more content well <laughs> I don't know about that, but sure. Inter interesting way. <laughs> interesting way to It's going to gonna take that. you twice as long to get to the very end of which there is nothing else to do. Wow, enjoy your more content, guys. I I enjoy all this content. <laughs> okay. Be glad so. Adox isn't designing this game. He's like, it, he just comes out with a patch uh, with, with this nerf. He's like... And then the beginning is like, congratulations, we've included 100% more content. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys are hate me as get shredded. I wouldn't just do that. Get I would shredded. take away the people, I would take away the stuff that people got from the exploits. Like, I would go into the system, and for every time anyone completed Air Elemental more than like, I don't know, maybe like, we'll say like 100 times, like, their EXP that they got from it would have been halved. <laughs> like retroactively that's what i would do and then it would be fair right everyone would be on the equal level more or less um uh but but you know that's why i'm not an actual game designer it's because i wouldn't deal with uh, with the kids these days also known as grown-ass adults uh the, the the same way that that these actual game designers have to deal with them right like, that would be the worst job. Dealing with people as a game designer would be the absolute worst job. Anyway. Um, so, on to my, like, complaints about uh, Mercs. The, the big one is the whole task system. It's, uh, and, and the lack of a daily quest system where you can actually skip a day. Or really two days is the normal Hearthstone standards. That really feels like going backwards. Like, people have stuff to do. Especially if you're trying to create a gold dump that's kind of like this more casual game mode and not like a main main game mode, but more like the thing that everybody who plays your game does a little of. Uh, not having the ability to skip a day is pretty awful. Like, that should have been... Like, they actually had to... When designing the task system, they had to take a look at their existing quest system and get rid of that feature. They had to be like, that is not something we want. So, I don't know what the thought process is there, but I hope they change it to do what the rest of Hearthstone does. Because um, it really doesn't, it doesn't jive well at all with what the game mode, I think, is, is supposed to be. And what Blizzard has been doing for the game mode, right? They're like getting rid of the people that paid all the money. They're getting rid of the people that grinded all that amount. They're like trying to make it more chill. And uh, this, this quest system, this task system, kind of goes against that in terms of how often it comes. Um, and the other thing that's, that I have a complaint of is because the entire end game is just doing these loops, uh, and that's fine. People do these loops all the time, but I think Blizzard is taking too much for granted the fun of doing these loops without changing what happens in the loops. 
Like, the RNG elements in these loops are so limited. They're fine the first time you go through them. They're maybe even fine the first, like, two, three times you go through them. But they have designed a game, like I said, with plus 100% more content, where you have to go through these areas, like, hundreds of times. When you have to go through an area hundreds of times, you can't just have these little tiny RNG tweaks that impact a little bit of your experience. They have to be massively, like, game-changing. You know, not like 100% game-changing, but like at least 50% game-changing for it to hold people's attention. Or, you know, if it's too hard to design every map like that, you have to have at least some maps like that that give like a little bit of extra reward for the risk. Right? Like, that's... And I know they're not done designing this whole PvE system yet. Um, and this they may, like, tweak a lot of things. But one thing they definitely need to tweak for replayability is the actual replayability. Uh, there's plenty of people who will go there and kill the boars repeatedly over and over and be happy with it as the game. But there's more people who would be invested if you actually made it a roguelike game. Rather than just a game with a tiny dash of roguelike elements. You know, the way, like... First-person shooters now have, like, a dash of RPG elements. Like, cool, but, like, you're not going to get an RPG player invested into a, a, a first-person shooter that just allows you to, like, level one skill up a bit faster than the other skills and decide which skill you level up faster. That's not... Like, is it better than nothing? Yeah, but... You got to have that replayability. So you already have... The people who like farming elven boars. They're already there. I mean, they were there. They're a little pissed off that you're making them farm twice the number of boars. But they're there. The next group of people you need to keep are the people who are, like, actually creatively trying to do stuff with your game. And you are not changing their creative challenges. Like, it doesn't have to be the best design thing. It just needs to be more random. I think that's fair. All right. I mean, look, we 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 talked about uh, Mercs a lot. Is there anything more that we have to address? No, I'm done talking about Mercs. It's like it really just is the first. And and in case you guys are wondering, the stream is not going to also incorporate mercenaries. Um, like, I mean, not the stream, this podcast. It's it's still like an arena and battlegrounds podcast. Uh, mercenaries is not a limited format at all. We were, even duels was too close to a constructive format for us to incorporate here. So, this is more like a big new game mode launch. We should talk about it, right? The same way we talked about duels. Um, well, we, we may do like one more Mercs episode, just kind of depending on, like right now Blizzard's kind of forcing everyone to play Mercs. But whenever Blizzard does something to like the actual arena or battlegrounds, we'll, we'll be back on it. And, and you will hear very little about Mercs from the rest of the podcast. But yeah, I, I think this was the podcast that's going to cover the most marks. And maybe the next one. Alright, that's it. Yay, mercs. Yay. Alright, question from the GOAT. What have you got? Uh, let's talk about uh, our trip. Our trip to Vegas. U-turn uh, 35. That was a, a big deal. Although, mm. I'm sure a lot of our, our viewers and listeners would have thought that you were much older. Um Either from your, I try. Yeah, e either from your views or from uh, just your overall unhealthy habits. 
but Adokta is now 35. Um, I went there to open up some Pokemon cards. I ended up with Steve Aoki's hair. It was a very cool experience. It was very fun for me. Uh, unfortunately, my polls were not good, as in just you really opened trash. Up a blast toys. I opened up a Blastoise for someone else. So that, that, <laughs> that was a little bit unfortunate there. Uh, no, but it was cool. So if you guys don't know, um, I uh, basically um, opened up five sets of packs, uh, which meant that I opened up in total like $60,000 worth of packs. Uh, and I opened them up for SM Pratt on YouTube. It's funny, I'm giving him like a shout out now, just like I gave him a million shout outs during his openings. Uh, <laughs> that he was great. A, he wasn't able to be there. Um, but if you guys are in the sort of like high-end collecting market, you will know who he is. Uh, but I talked with him and he graciously allowed me to open up all of his packs because he couldn't make it. So that was super cool. I got to open up tons of packs. I got to open up, for him, uh, a first edition Blastoise. And for me, the packs were O of 3 in terms of hollows, Womp Womp. I did get a Charmander. That's a PSA right now. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, but overall, just a super fun experience. Tons of people from the community were there. Like, Leonhart was there. Uh, Steve Aoki was there. Uh, Gary King Pokemon was there. Um, but it was uh, just one of those experiences I will always remember. And I, yeah, it, it was just uh, quite a quite a lot of fun. And you go in there prepared to either pull something really good, pull something bad. Unfortunately, the box itself was just a historically bad box. Mm -hmm. It was just a really bad box. So some people still made out, like, I, I think, well. Um, but your chances, like, you know, if you had known that the box was that bad, uh, then you're like, well, I think we're all kind of screwed collectively. Yeah. So that was uh, that was the Pokemon uh, part of this. Like it, it looked really fun. Like we were, uh, there was a, a link we were all watching on uh, uh, I think YouTube Live uh, when uh, uh, when the opening was happening, and uh, it was I, I, I hear I hear some some stories from brand new about what was happening before the show with the comedian and like other things about it. But the pack openings themselves were, were pretty uh, fun uh, to watch. Yeah, they were very thousands fun. Thousands of dollars of cards, like worth of cards. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you are not getting many of these boxes opened anymore, period. I don't, I don't know how many of these boxes will get opened. So to just mm. be part of it, just to be there, just to, be able to open up uh like that many packs like one seventh of the box effectively um pretty pretty freaking cool mm. um so i was there uh not to open pokemon cards uh but uh after murps invited brand new and brand new was like yeah that sounds like fun i'm like okay well that's my birthday weekend so if you're gonna take my wife away I'm gonna I'm gonna do my uh, my my degenerate gambling thing because you guys are all in Vegas anyway. So uh, I set a bottom limit for myself of ten thousand dollars that I was willing to lose, uh, and luckily I never got anywhere close to there. It's, I started off with slots, went down about three hundred in an hour pretty quickly, and I was like, okay, we just gotta take more money out. Went down another three hundred. I was like, all right, gotta take a uh, thousand out now. Uh, that was that was definitely way too little money. And uh, then I hit some some pretty big winnings, and I was uh, up a couple thousand by the end of the night on uh, the first night of slots. 
And from there, basically never went down. I was up even more. We hit like a $2,000 jackpot uh, the next morning. Um, and I was basically never down on slots until the very end when I meant to be down. I was like, I'm going to keep doing this until I'm down. I don't want to leave with like slot money, right? Like I felt like that was just, you know, play money. Um, but uh, the big night was my birthday night where I was actually going to gamble down $10,000 on roulette. We did 100 spins. Murps was tracking on like a piece of paper that I still have. And each spin was at least $100 on 10. My birthday's 10, 10. Uh, and uh, plus some other um, bets. And I hit one of my numbers in like the third spin. And then I hit my 10 the first time on the fifth spin and another time like within 10 spins of that. And so I was up pretty big early. And then I started upping my bet sizes and I hit 10 two more times before my 100 spins were up. I did what I wanted to do. I gambled a thousand dollars on that final spin, and it uh, it did not hit. But I think at my highest, I was up like fifteen k, and I ended the night. Uh, I ended the trip up uh, about seven k. So it's a happy ending to the to the degenerate gambling. And Brand New is very happy about that because she was very prepared for me to to lose ten k and to be very sad. And instead, I bought her a nice bracelet uh, with with the winnings, or rather. I bought her the nice bracelet and she internalized the justification as our winnings, even though our winnings are going to be taxed. And, you know, this is not anywhere near like after the tax, uh, the amount, but we don't have to dwell on that. Um, I did tell, I did tell uh, people that I was going to reveal the secret of roulette and what the tier list of numbers are. So I'm not going to give a, a whole tier list of numbers. But we'll see if people can guess my reasoning for this. And it is not because it's my birthday. But I think objectively speaking, uh, the top tier number, there are two top tier numbers on roulette. So one, just you have to bet numbers on roulette. Like I know people bet on like red and black and like whatever. But like unless you're just doing it for like just purely fun, like it makes no sense. If you're, if, if you know how slot machines are set up and like lotteries, the ones that pay out the most charge you the most in rake essentially like your return to player is lower the higher the jackpot is the progressives especially the large ones take the most rtp and it's because you're able to like that is able to draw people in so in roulette where your ability to lose is the same exact damn percent of times which is that uh 2.6 or 2.7 percent for hitting the zero and always play single zero wheels if you have the money to do so um, the double zero wheels, like you lose twice the money, right? Like, why would you do that? Um, it's the same game. So just try to bet more money if you can. You'll, you'll lose money faster, but to, to like luck, right? You won't just like be paying the casino for it. But anyway, betting on numbers gives you a 36 to one payout. Whereas betting on like black or red gives you a one to one payout. It's just, it's just a terrible, 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 terrible move. They're giving you like the free ability to roll higher uh, variants, and you're like giving it up. Like if you want a one to one odds, like don't play roulette. Go play some other game. You'll get uh, you'll get a lower rate for it. Uh, anyway, so step one, you got to play numbers, and step two, the tier one numbers are five and ten. Tweet at me, leave me a message, see if you guys can figure out why it's five and ten. But 
I think um, I'm on pretty solid ground for having those as, uh, for saying that those are the tier one numbers. Great. Fantastic. All right. This has been going on for quite a while. Do, do you have anything more to add? No, no. Just, just you know, I just want people to be successful at, at pure luck gambling that requires no skill whatsoever. Um, and, and part of that no lack of skill is, uh, is betting on the right numbers. Yep. All right. And if you can fully internalize that, then you will have fun gambling, regardless of whether you win or lose. So remember, recognize it's all luck, but most importantly, pick the right numbers. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, Question from the Goat. Question from the Goat brought to you by uh, our Patreons at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you guys so much. And um, we will be back next week with uh, maybe a little more Merc analysis. See how... Uh, See how the controversy develops. Um, and hey, maybe they'll actually do something for Battlegrounds. Definitely not Arena. They basically announced they're not doing anything for Arena for like two weeks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see you next week. The Lightforge podcast is back. We will be back weekly. We're not going to be taking more breaks like this anytime soon. Um, so yeah, um, see you guys next week. Until then, this is Alpicta. This is Merp. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.